Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it, you've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? It was a time long ago. A force was discovered so great it could destroy the universe. Then the evil of the Earth rose up with all their might to seize this force for their own. Nothing stood in their way except one man. The Blade Master. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. As usual, I am Jack. I'm Zor. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adina. Wow, this movie gave you an identity crisis? <laughs> oh. uh, no, it gave him one. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week we got together to watch another MST3K movie. This one called The Blade Master. Uh, known to MST3K fans as Cave Dwellers, out from 1984. Now, I'll go ahead and ask you both, have you seen this original movie? Either have you seen the dub? Anything of the sort? I've no. seen the MST3K Cave Dwellers, yep. Have you? It's mm-hmm. been a while. Do you remember pretty well? Uh, there were bits and pieces of it that seemed for me. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, okay. I'm just curious. That said, do you have the IMDb description for this one? I do. How do we pronounce his name again? Ator or Ator? Ator. Ator? Okay. Muscle-bound Ator and his mute East Asian sidekick travel from the ends of the earth to save his aged mentor from the evil mustachioed Zor. I dug that. I don't know. Like It was a cool sounding description to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is obviously a, uh, a a cash into the popularity of the Conan franchise that was oh, absolutely, yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's no way around it in that regard. And I I'd actually heard of the Ator or Ator franchise. I've heard it called both by different people. <laughs> Up till now, I just I wasn't aware that one of them was actually on this list. And so right. when we got to the Blade Master and they mentioned his name, I'm like, is this okay? Finally, it's happening. Yeah. Now, I'll go ahead and say, based on... I'm not going to say... I'll leave my feelings about the movie as we go through the review, but I will say that based on this movie, what was presented to us, I am interested in watching the other Ator movies, or at least a couple. Would you two say the same? Fuck no! Yeah. (laughs) I... No! (laughs) Here's the thing. I didn't realize until, like, eight minutes in that this was a sequel. Because I didn't look at any of the information before. I, I didn't I even didn't realize. I didn't even realize that this would be the uh, you know the uh, the cave dwellers for MST3K. I just knew it was the same actor, but I didn't realize it was the the same movie that had been recut. I didn't even know it was a sequel. I didn't know it was a sequel until, until I was like done eight and minutes I looked in. it up. Oh no, I didn't even know that. Well, but uh, we'll get to it when we start talking about it. Uh, because there's a sequence of events that happens that I'm like, why are we seeing all this? 
And then it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. I had to stop and then go look at it and then realized, oh, I see what they're doing here. Oh, is that why there was so much yes. fucking exposition that I yes. was like, I don't That's understand exactly. this? Like, this seems like a lot of production value for a flashback. Okay. Yeah, I was like, well, this seems like an extended. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I was like, okay, we're getting a flashback. Well, this seems to be like an extended flashback. We're going on eight minutes now of flashbacks. What the fuck is going on? Wow, I feel really stupid. Oh, that's the first movie. That's actually footage from the first movie. We let's just go ahead and get straight into the plot then. So we have a cold open, a uh, an opening narrator again, very similar to the Conan thing. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about the great Ator. Sorry, Ator. I'm just gonna say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is the only one we have to watch. He sights Thank long God. ago ben, uh, in a valley beneath the volcanoes. So, right. I'm still puzzling over that one. What exactly that's supposed to mean? Maybe it was explained in the first one. Then we get a bunch of a series of drunk title cards. <laughs> oh over my cavemen. God! Uh, but see, it's really only the first yeah, title exactly. card. It's crooked. That's affected, and and it's on the main actor's name. Miles O'Keefe is the one where it like twists in this odd like counterclockwise way and then it happens throughout the entire rest of the movie and i had to check to see if this was just you know at first i saw that i was like thinking okay did the because we watched this on youtube and was the person who posted this just filming it off of their television set but no i actually watched another version or was it like it was or were they recording pulling it from a vhs tape where the tracking was off or something like that no No. not the other versions i saw i don't know what was happening with that but i guess it was just a rough day for that cameraman this the entire movie it's not just a day no it's the entire movie and so this is all overlaid over a cave people in a cave Mm -hmm. uh, moaning awkwardly sharpening bones and we're learning that most of the world are now unintelligent savages, these cave people. But some are intelligent. Some people are intelligent and are more advanced and developed. And, that, and I think that's who the, these, the people in the cave that we are seeing, this is supposed to be some sort of advanced civilization, quote, unquote. I'm air quoting so hard. Um, or the like, they are divided into groups. You've got the people who are who their job is to clean the meat off the bones. There are the people who are cooking. There are people who are making clothes. I think that's the idea they were going for, but it's in an actual cave, and there's very little light coming into it, so it's really hard to tell what is going on. And like you said, there is so much ADR of like, ooh, ooh. Oh, uh, uh, going on. It's like, what are they doing? Is this an orgy? Or is somebody being tortured? What is happening? And beyond the scene, why would this movie have the title Cave Dwellers in the alternate cuts? Because this is they really live in a only- cave. Like when, when you open this, yeah, but we oh, only see these people a couple of times. Yeah, it's right. not centered on people who, I mean, we have Ator who lives in a cave, but he doesn't. he's not there the entire movie. He doesn't dwell in a cave. So these people. Well, the first he couple does minutes, until he goes into action. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's another title. I mean, we're looking at the Blade Master. Yeah. So the idea, I think, is supposed to be that this group of people living in this of, of the cave dwellers, if you will, are a bit more civilized than the outside, which are they saying the the wild barbarian, you know, people, because just a moment later, that's who actually comes and invades the cave are the wild barbarian people. So I think that's the only reason this entire opening scene is in here for the opening credits 
as well as to set up that there are people who are trying to make a better life for themselves and then the people who come in and kill them and take their shit. Wow, I did not get that at all. You are amazing. <laughs> no, just listen to the actual narration. Yeah, I, I, I was so confused because I didn't know what time period we were in. I, you know, <laughs> well, I was like, oh I, no, that no, that yeah. See, yeah. that's what because I thought it was like, no oh, idea. we're still talking about the dawn of man and people who right? live in caves, and then the yeah. wild, the wildlings, if you will, that live out in, not in caves. Yeah, and then we. After this scene ends, we immediately jump to a castle. a castle where people are wearing medieval garments. Right. And I'm like, well, have we jumped ahead in time? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely agree with you there. Uh, I was yeah. like, what? what are, did we, were I we showing to... early man and now we've skipped to the medieval times? Thank you. Yeah. Is this all happening at the same time it's and like people still living caves wearing loincloths? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's very confusing. Extreme. And it's at this castle where we <laughs> meet... something that happens later that's even more confusing. Yes. It's at this castle where we meet Mila, our, our heroine in this movie, and her pappy. So yes. know, they're, they're hanging out in this castle. She has this weird plate on her, on her chest. I called it a hubcap. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Where, whereas the Prince of Space was wearing a model of his spaceship on his chest, she's wearing, uh, you know... Something that old dirty bastard would be jealous of. <laughs> it's not. You can't even really call it armor because it doesn't protect that much. I mean, no, it doesn't. And that's what I. This is what I appreciate about it. Even though it's large and it's distracting and it makes no sense. It's not like a chest plate. No. no. Which is what it's supposed to be. That's the its supposed purpose. There's nothing on it. There's no insignia. There's, there's no. No, it doesn't act very well as armor, but. I appreciate that every after every fight that she encounters throughout the movie, it gets more and more dented. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. It did, yeah. Okay. It's like after the first fight, there's like a small dent in it. And then like halfway through the movie, after there's another big kerfuffle going on, it gets more dented. And by the end of the movie, there's like someone has taken their fist and indented the whole thing. So at least they were somewhat paying attention to All it. All right. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we meet, we meet Mila, Mila, um, who is um, for me probably the most attractive woman we've had in the podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, she's she hot. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's beautiful. Man, right up there with that scientist from uh, uh, Devilfish. <laughs> I haven't. She forgotten. was pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was lovely. Um, boy, she was a terrible actor. Well, she made it a lot easier to. Oh, there's the no movie. good actors in this movie. There are no, no good actors no. in this there movie. No and this father, this, movie. this guy who played her dad. Yeah. Her pappy. <laughs> At one point watching this movie, I thought, maybe he's blind. Because he kept delivering all of his he lines. He keeps looking in odd directions when delivering <laughs> he, lines. He looks off in the distance. And he he looks never looks distance. at someone while delivering right. a line to them. And it's his always pacing is I'm over so here. bad. It's so slow. And I'm oh, like, you, <laughs> yeah. You're I mean, the kidding. pacing you... throughout this whole movie is terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And there's only one person in this movie who knew what movie he was in. And we will get to him shortly. Yeah. And I loved him so much. But. The, everybody, but this man, I was like, why aren't you looking at your daughter? Well, maybe maybe, what? maybe the actor kept getting distracted by the actress's cleavage, and they tried to cover it up with a giant plate, and that didn't work. <laughs> and so they was like, just look off in the distance. And then, Honestly, yeah, he looked how... like, I mean, he was so deep, so deep in thought. I mean, he was horrible. Yeah. And their whole dialogue, everything they talk about. Yeah, but it's not just her. It's no. the whole movie. Oh, no, it's the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. And in, it's here that he introduces her to our MacGuffin. 
uh, which is for the longest time I just thought it was a lens flare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's it, it's just it's like, some glowing thing in, in a hole in the wall. That's all I, the, from the angles that they used. It just I'm like, is has he created a flashlight? Yeah. That he and hasn't quite we gotten no the hang idea. of yet? That's stuck in strobe mode or it's, something? It's called he the says, geometric nucleus. Yeah, which we don't hear about until way, way later. later. Yeah. Until way okay, so later. He just says, he doesn't she's like, it. what is this? And he's like, it's good. It's bad. bad. It's, it's, it's life. It's death. It's life. It's death. It's this. It can make that. a Star, a Star Trek remake. Right. Uh, and he invented it, and he knows how powerful and dangerous it is. And... I, oh my god, this movie! So yeah, but that, it's true. It, it was like lens flare, and I made this thing, and we have to protect it. I don't know what exactly what it does, but people want it, right? Yeah, yeah. and and the person who they want to keep it out of the hands of right oh. now is this guy named Zor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh I yeah. I loved Zor so much, and he reminded okay. me. Okay. He reminded me of Frank, I Freddie loved Mercury. Him for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I, I thought you were about to call him your hobo at a bar. Oh, no. He had way too much to do in yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, way yeah, too no. important. No, you know. but he was the only person who knew what movie he was in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Zora's armies have been spreading south, and so uh, Mila's pappy tells her that they need this guy named Ator, and that he tells her of uh, his exploits. So that's when we get that eight-minute-long exposition yes. where we see the past film some of the cool shit that he does, like which I actually liked. I mean, this is where like the most action-packed moments from the entire first film, yeah. though. The, yeah, which is what gave me hope because I'm like, oh man, this looks like it's going to kick ass. Ator greatest hits. Yeah, that's yeah, what I exactly. Guys. I was like, I'm yeah. in love with this movie. That yeah. was at that point because yep. I, I was I was totally into that. I mean, we see. I mean, let's see. He he tells her of a couple of things, including like a shadow fight, which it was kind of cheesy with him like fighting like a projected shadow on the wall, but it was kind of creative and cool because mm-hmm. like the actual fight I get, Yeah, I give him points for it. It, it. it matched up. They did it well. Yeah, the shadow on the wall is actually matching up with where his sword yeah. is. Yeah, like, if Peter Pan can do it, why not? <laughs> yeah. Ator, you know? Yeah. Fuck you, Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, another one that made me laugh was uh, he's like, he encountered the beautiful witch and it introduces this woman with like a distorted face in a mirror. I'm like, that's not exactly, you know, a descriptive, uh, yeah. a description I'd give for this character based on that <laughs> shot, but okay. Right. So she, t- so Pappy then tells her that Ator is hanging out in the East with his, uh, with his mute Asian psychic thong. And his exercise equipment mm-hmm. that he's built in because he has these two stones. It's basically like a, a, a primitive cable system. Right. So, cool. That's all right. I actually kind of give it props for that in a way because, yeah. you know, on all these, like, gladiator uh, g- barbarian movies, they just happen to be ripped just because. Mm-hmm. But to actually show that the guy actually works out in his downtime is kind of fun to it me. It was like a video. Agreed. It was like a, you it know, was. it was an exercise video. From hey. the 80s. Yeah, that's you know, exactly what it was is, like. It, it works says. right here. He says yeah. that. I can feel yeah. it working right yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dude's like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I want to see the thong. I want to see like the Ator P90X video that they're trying to build like in their downtime. P90A. See, that I'd watch. I would. I'd watch the shit out of it. No, absolutely. That I'd watch. Yeah. Because this guy is uh, Billy what's his name or whatever. This guy uh, yeah. is ripped. Let's absolutely not push. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, he yeah. is. Ripped. He looked good. Yeah. So we cut back to uh, to Mila and her pappy, and and he tells her to go get Ator, 
and he gives her vague directions because he's like, go to, like, go to east until you can't go east anymore. Yeah, go east until you can't go any further, until you reach the end of the earth. So your spirit's about to break. Yeah. Yeah, where nature won't even help him. you. Yeah. Because he used to be a student of his. Exactly. That's yes. what we learned. Perfect timing, because right as she leaves, or starts to leave, Zor mm-hmm. invades. Yep. And... So much for centuries, apparently, because it's, it's apparently just these two in this castle. There's no resistance whatsoever. None. It's like, did you really need the entire castle? I mean, if anything, if you're holding, like, this ultimate godlike weapon in your place, you keep, it like, a lower profile, maybe. Yeah. Don't just kind of advertise this grand castle. Anywho. So, enter Zor, played by Frank Zappa. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's Freddie Mercury. Freddie yeah. Mercury, yeah. With long hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and, and a slightly longer mustache. So we meet this guy, and you know what? I actually, I did like this guy too, Adina, because mm-hmm. he's a respectful villain. He's very much the lawfully evil type. Mm-hmm. But he also Absolutely. Struggles. He is, yeah. yeah. But what I loved about him too, and this, uh, it was at this point that I, I wrote down, this feels like Flash Gordon. Yeah, and yes, he yes. looked a little like Ming the Merciless. Yeah. Zor did a little bit. So yeah. there was a little bit of this campiness, and mm-hmm. a, you know, a little bit of this. We don't know what time period we're in, and all these costumes and all this kind of stuff. And right. and I could appreciate it on that level. Oh, sure, certainly. But Zor was the most fleshed out complex character. Yeah. Yes. Because he has this constant thing where he's being reminded that you know he actually has these inherent evil desires to just be primal and like evil just for the sake of being evil but he zor himself has to remind himself that to be a good leader he needs to do this yeah and so it's it's actually a very unique character in this for this kind of movie Mm -hmm. especially one that's you know on on our list Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I, i definitely give them props for the design of the character and so we learned that he was a former pupil of this guy as well. What was the okay? So what's the name of this older man? Because I just wrote Acronis. down Cronus. Cronus. A Cronus. Okay, so Cronus. I'm not going to remember that, but I'm going to try to. I I never remember. Because he looked like Burgess name, Meredith, so, so just call him Burgess Meredith. I would love to see Mickey play. Yeah. Mila escapes and she's attacked in the woods where oh, so much of this movie is shot, and she's shot in the shoulder by an arrow while trying to escape. Now let's, huh? Yeah, I was gonna say you needed a bigger plate, didn't you? Mila? Right above the hubcap. Yeah. She didn't, when she got shot, she acted as if she'd gotten shot in the leg. She had no idea where she'd gotten shot. Her whole physicality was completely whacked. No, she had no idea. Well, my guess is they probably told her they were gonna shoot her in the leg, and then they just missed. But it's convenient because this is her first cutaway since she left the castle. She gets shot. And then suddenly she just stumbles into Ator's place. What she's wearing is like a, a bear skin mm-hmm. yeah. shaped tunic. like a, a tunic kind of thing. Yeah. But it's completely open on the sides. Yeah. And whatever other accoutrement she has on makes noise. Yes. There is some sort of jingling type noise that she makes when she runs. Yeah. I assume it's the hubcap. She is hiding around the corner as Zor is confronting her father, and halfway through their dialogue, she turns and runs out of the castle in the most quiet moment of dialogue between them, and you totally hear her jingling as she runs away. And I'm like, they're not speaking right now. It is dead quiet, and there's this ching, 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 ching. If I was Zor, what the fuck was that? 
You, go check that out. No. It's like they continue their dialogue for five more minutes, and then some guy comes running in and is like, uh, sir, the daughter escaped. <laughs> well, go get her, dumbass. You know, it's, anyway. Yep. So, yeah, so so she gets shot in the woods. Her This is her first scene out since leaving the castle. Yes. And then it cuts to her just stumbling into Ator's place, which, okay, let's just go ahead and look at the movie on its own. The entire movie is a journey from from Ator's place back to Cronus's castle. Right. Correct. So in the course of maybe a two-minute scene, she gets from that castle to where their journey begins. Wounded. Too, right. To the point where they have to, you know, she's unconscious and they're bringing her back to life. They're, yep, they're restoring her By health. smothering yes. her yeah. in leaves. <laughs> and and, and Atro's place is awesome because it he's is. got a puppy and it licks his hand while he's stitching her up, which made me yeah. happy. So they treat her wounds while we cut back to Zorb. So we get a lot of cutaways throughout this movie, let's just say. And the between editing Zorb in this movie. And, and Oh, yeah. It, it wildly cuts back and forth from location to location <laughs> without a, a notice. It's, they're trying it just, to, bam, suddenly we're yeah. back here. Bam, suddenly we're over here. It's they're terrible. trying to give us that thing where it kind of gives us a breath after the action scenes, I get. But it's just so jarring, the back and forth. It just There's no easing into it. There's not even a uh, any kind of shot that introduces the next scene. It just no, transitions straight into them Correct. blabbering in the castle. So, and, and every time it's basically just the same moral dilemma back and forth. It's it's Acronis being kind of a dick to this guy, just saying like, look, mm-hmm. you're no good. You're a, you're a waste of time. Ator's way better than you. And, yeah, and, 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 and Zor is just like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I could just kill you or torture you, but I see the game you're playing, so game on, old man. And he's taking this as like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Now, I'm go- you want me to use my powers of deduction to solve this riddle. And, like, and this, this dialogue just keeps going back and forth. But the thing is, the dialogue from Acronis does not support any of the conclusions that Zor is jumping to. No. Zor is thinking way too much about what, what? the old man is saying. Yep. And that's where I, I, the, the acting from the old man is like, no, I see the cat and mouse game going on here. And I see what Zor is trying to see, but the old guy is not acting like it at all. He's just being a dick. Yep. Yeah. It's like, no I'm wonder like, this guy's evil. Zor, I, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you want to torture him. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's because because right now we're just using plot contrivance after plot contrivance to extend the story of why I haven't killed him yet, and we're understanding more why Zor is such an asshole too because his teachers just been like treating him like a black sheep this entire time for no discernible reason other than the fact that he's now mm-hmm. an asshole. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's like I almost like sympathize Zor more than anything else in this movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like, oh, no, Ator's way better than you. I kind of want Zor to win. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, I don't. And and that's why I'm like, the the dialogue between them, they just talk. They just talk. It's all talk for 30 minutes of this movie is just cutting every time we cut back to them they've walked to a different they've had a peaceful little stroll through the courtyard and now they're in a different tower of the of the of the castle and now we're talking about this oh let me introduce you to my court magician who is going to use sorcery yeah. to find your daughter and uh at all and and kill them that way how do you like them apples, old man? You know, I mean, that's... It, it, but it's like, I understand you're doing this because you, you want it to be this rivalry between them. And you want to show that 
Zor is trying to be more than just, I'm just going to cut your head off and get right to the fucking chase. But Jesus Christ, this is the most cordial <laughs> showdown between two enemies I've ever seen. Yeah. Because even when Bond finally meets his master villain for whatever movie it is, yeah, they talk for like five minutes and then he throws him in a tank full of sharks and somehow he gets away. Or he straps him to a board and shoots a laser beam towards his crotch and yeah, somehow he gets away. But it's like, look, we've talked for a couple of minutes now. It's time for you to die. Bye! Bye. And that, you know... It would have been stronger if he, if he just killed <sighs> this guy at the beginning. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Again, stakes, but yeah. Zor deduces here that Mila has gone to see Ator. Uh, we cut back to Ator. He tests Mila because she says that she's the daughter of Acronis, and he tests her by locking her up in the cell. And then it, it's kind of cool. I like this part because it doesn't make her a completely useless character just to be a damsel in distress. She actually t- assesses the room. Yep. She takes a look. She actually starts scraping some of the uh, sulfur, I guess it is, off the wall. Right. And she makes she produces a gunpowder-like substance that she uses to lead to the gate and blow it off its hinges. Cool. Yeah. yeah and then finds two flint stones to hit together to make sparks, which causes it to catch on fire, and then it blows up the gate. Yeah, and that was kind of a cool thing because, again, it gives her character some and- importance. And I do, and I do appreciate that. Now I don't know, uh, and this is what I wanted to get your opinion on, Adina. Do you think they did a good job of making her feel like her own character and relevant? Fuck no. Instead of just being a damsel in distress character. No, because the first thing that Ator says to her once they bring her back to health, she's like, "I want to leave now." He's like, "You leave when I say you're ready." So there was well, a misogyny about. I, well, I think and, that was yeah. more in regards to if she's fully healed. Well, or not. but not and the plus, way he said he doesn't it. Know who she is yet either. Understood. And that goes but, back to the fact that he's an even worse actor. Right. Come on. So yeah, no, he's the he is <laughs> he is the, the worst. He is the worst actor in the whole movie. Thank you. So, I mean, here's the thing: they tried to make her into something that was actually not just the damsel in distress. She seemed to be able to handle things on her own, but all the men around her treated her like that stereotypical woman. Her father treated her like that. Mm -hmm. Ator treated her like that. So there was, I mean... She still holds her own in fights, though, which I She did. does, and she, she can fight. constantly... I mean, she gets captured almost as much right. as Ator does in the movie. It, she get, she Yeah, she doesn't fight. And there's no... What I like about it, too, is at the end, um, there's no kiss. There's no... There's Correct. never a relationship no. between the two no. of those. It's implied. It's implied, yeah. but that's all. But I don't think she's... I think there is an attempt to make her more. Okay. But it's not... I don't think it's very strong at all. Yeah. yeah. She's not like Red Sonia level. Maybe in the next no, one. No, no, of course not. No. Maybe the next one. Because it seems like the three of them, Thong, Mila, and Ator, could be a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because she and Thong get along swimmingly. Yeah, they're great. They work very well together. Yeah, I think part of my problem is just her acting was so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't get, I couldn't get behind her. Okay. But, and yeah. plus her ADR didn't really help. Right. Yeah. Oh, the ADR didn't help anything. Yeah, did it look like movie. there was dubbing? This is an Italian film. I mean, but there were it, it, they, they, they were, were speaking, speaking English. English. They were speaking English, um, but, but there were the, times but where I everything thought... was dubbed. So they went back and dubbed the voices over. Okay. 
but there was a lot of syncing issues. Like the first scene between Mila and her father, yeah. I thought, oh, wait a minute. This isn't syncing up at all. Are they speaking in like some foreign language? And then they went back and dubbed okay. it. Well, no, they're all speaking English. Yeah. She's, she's uh, Canadian-American. Yeah. I, I think the sound design was the, what screwed them over. Because it's, the it's just speaking in a great hall. Yeah, it's, it's just like the, speaking in a room like yeah, the, the voices did not sync up with the mouths very no. well yeah. at all. So they depart from the castle. Oh, sorry, they depart for the castle. Yes. Uh, we meet our first of Zor's lackeys, who is, his name is Sandor, not the Hound. And he is a master of wizardry. So I think this is cool because, so, uh, uh, Acronis's thing that he passed along to Ator through his teachings, as well as Zor, was the art of science. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... So we, we have sort of a science versus magic sort of thing, because that's Sandor's uh, wheelhouse, apparently. He is a magician, self-proclaimed, as we I get. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't, so, for one, I wrote that he looks like Harvey Keitel. Did anybody else see that? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. And and so he, he's talking to this guy. So Sandor, like, enters, and he's completely stone-faced, just like he's almost bored with the scene. And Zora says to him, you'll... You'll see a flame of defiance. And then you see this confused look as Sandor looks at no, If you look into his eyes, yeah, yeah. Yes, you will see down. the flame yeah. of defiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then yeah. He, he just mm-hmm. looks confused for a second. He goes, yes, mm-hmm. it is clearly there. <laughs> this, this guy was almost a worse actor than Miles Akeem. He was rough. Almost. He had no idea what his character was. That's how I knew it wasn't Harvey Keitel. Oh, no, no not idea. at all. He, he had, had no, no idea. character. He had no idea. He just stood there and said his lines. Yep. Yeah. He had no That's idea. That's it. And he, he even asks Zor where Ator is, and he goes, he's at the end of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that narrows it down just a little well, bit. So I know exactly where to find it. From afar, he attacks Ator and the group. With a mist. Yeah, with a fog machine. <laughs> yep. Because... <laughs> Uh, they're, they're in the woods where they shoot, again, most of the action scenes in this movie. And somehow Mila gets separated from them. How? I have no idea. I have no they're idea. calling out. Yeah. They're like, Ator, Mila, where are you? But, again, apparently she just wandered at the same speed she did from the <laughs> castle to his place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ator then enters this weird cave along with Thong. And they're invaded by a bunch of invisible douchebags who don't even have weapons. They just punch them for a little bit. Now, I wrote this well, down. Well, it's just one. No, it's there's just two. There's two because there's two. Two, they use their capes. Yeah. Because it's, it's one for San, not Sandor. It's one for Thong and one, one for, for Ator. They both yeah. fight. <clears throat> and so it's actually, I wrote, okay. is pretty good fight choreography because you both see them reacting like they're actually getting punched. It looks realistic. Mm-hmm. No, it did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so they decide to foil them by throwing capes over their heads. <laughs> And that's how they can yeah. find him. They just Use your cape. Yeah. And then you just... Yeah, he throws a cape over him, and now he's... And now they can't uh, for the life uh, of figure out how to get this thing off. And now right. he's a little kid ghost from Halloween. Yes. Yeah. They, they threw sheets on him. It reminded me of, like, the tiny net gag from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> 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 Must escape this tiny cape. <laughs> I love that movie. And then M- Mila enters her own cave. I, me too. Mila enters her own cave... And she's attacked by not an invisible person. She's attacked by some of the cavemen we see from the beginning of the movie. Yes. Who happen to be cannibals. Who are now cannibals, yes. Yeah. And then we get a little bit of an homage to Temple of Doom, except not because it came out the same year. But, right. Uh, 
we have the scene where another person is sacrificed by having their heart ripped out and the head cannibal just like bites into it. There was not enough blood for that scene at all, by the way. There was not enough blood, no. But if you have a thing like I kind of do about hearing people smack their food when they eat, you are not going to like this scene. No, you're not. Because the head cannibal dude uh, who is like a fucking giant compared to everybody else, they hand him the heart and then he takes the heart, shoves it in his mouth, and just goes... And it's... Oh, God, the sound made me want to throw up. Yeah, it's terrible. And so... Not the fact that he's eating a heart. I didn't care about that. But the sound just made me... Oh, stop smacking your food, damn it. Don't worry, he wasn't reating real hearts up. Huh? He wasn't eating real hearts up. I don't give a shit if he was or not. Like I said, the fact that it's a heart doesn't bother me. It's the sound he made. Yeah. So Ator is is preparing to save Milo because she's being strapped to the table to be sacrificed next. But then he jumps out and saves them with a flashbang. Yeah, I, I wrote, I'm going to make fire and jump out at you. And that's how he just, they escape. He, he, he just jumps out, surprise, and they all run away. <laughs> and they all run away. Yeah. And then I guess... Well, they've obviously never seen fire before because they eat raw food. They eat raw meat. Mm. They don't cook it. They don't know what fire is. They didn't cook the heart. No. That's what I'm saying. And then they just throw the rest of the body away. Right. That was another yeah. thing. Yeah. Waste. They Waste. put the Waste body up off the table and then just like chucked him in the ditch or something. Yep. I'm like, wait a minute. There's some prime meat on that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, Why does this dick get to eat and nobody else does? We cut, we cut back to the castle and Sandra's like, I don't see how I fucked up. My bad. And he's all mopey about it and yeah. really sad looking. I kind of felt like bad for the actor. Yeah. And Zord chews him out and... And he's like, I'm going to kill you, but... Yeah, he's going to have him executed. But then Acronis talks him out of it. He's like, you should be a, a good, a smart person would do this, pupil. And he's like, okay, we're cool. Just put him in the stocks. I'll give him another chance. Yeah, yeah th- throw, him in the, throw him in the dungeon and you think about what you've done. Cut back to Ator and company. They're attacked by samurai in the woods again. Again, and this is, are we getting warriors from every time period? That was cool. This is what I got. I like the samurai fight because you see, you see uh, uh, Ator fighting with these two katana-like blades. Yeah. Right. And so you get like a, and obviously he has an, an Asian psychic, so he has the Eastern influence heavily put into this. And again, we have no establishment of where this actually is. It's beneath volcanoes, apparently. Yeah, so, we just, I mean, based, based on the, the really shitty setup for this, because they didn't explain any kind of time period whatsoever, I just, I just put my brain in this is medieval fantasy and just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. So whatever happens, happens. And then, so we get a line where Mila says it seemed like you knew them. So were they in the first movie then? Perhaps. Those fighters? Must be. I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, so no, he, yeah. well, he answers that. He says something along the lines of them being the people that he was trained by. Yeah. I, it's just, I don't know. Uh, so it may be a reference yeah. to the first movie. We don't probably, know. and they, they're de- they're defeated easily. There's no real stakes. But here. I would like to point out the one that was wearing the backpack. Yeah, that had the like sticks on it. Did you see what was on the end of the sticks? Rainbow banners. Oh my god! Yay! This movie's progressive. It uh, and I'm like, why would samurai have rainbow banners <laughs> on their? Because <laughs> they were gay. I don't know. A, a fight scene with you a go, Blade Master. Well, oh 84? my gosh! You know what though? This this leads into my ne- what I wrote down because there was a there was a homosexual overtone to this movie. 
What, mm-hmm. the outfit didn't give that away? Well, but Zor flirts with Acronis. Oh, totally. So, I, I mean, there he... I feel like there was something there that he Zor... He too. He's like, yeah. He caresses him So, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think it was. I think it was a uh, go gay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was was the rainbow flag a thing in 84? I don't know. Was that Maybe. a symbol yet? I don't know. We'll have to look know. it up. And this whole dialogue around about recognizing the soldiers is around a campfire that night. Meanwhile, Thong is catching fish. and It's kind of adorable how he's doing it. It is. Fire. He's so happy about it. He is so happy He's so happy. And then, and then his like horse says, fish is ready. Well, how could the fish be ready? If Thong is still catching well, it. No, he's just getting all the fish. Oh. He's just collecting he's like, all the fish. He's, he's like, get like, fish. And he, he didn't say how many. He just keeps giving him fish. <laughs> yeah, he just he just keeps getting fish until so he's like, cute. well, fish is ready. Yes. And there's like 15 yes. fish. But, before, but right before this scene with the fish, yeah. we, get the, we finally get the, the thing that Acronis has invented. We get its name right before then. It's named. We hear that it's the geometric nucleus. Yes, that's what yes. we hear. It. Yeah, and Ator says it. And I'm like, how does a tour know? A tour said it? Yeah. How yeah. does he know about it? Exactly, which it's I wrote. How does a tour know yeah, about she never, she it? Never tells him. And that's what I wrote. I wrote, some of this dialogue makes no sense, and a lot of it is fucking pretentious as hell. Oh, bit. no, absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so yeah. that night they're sleeping, and, and Ator and Mila are asleep. Thong is keeping watch because apparently he never sleeps. <laughs> and he gives chase to these two women who are caught wandering around their campsite and he catches up to them they all rendezvous back at the camp again now Ator and Miller are awake and they're from this place called Sulajan yeah and they and this is apparently where because Ator tells them that my parents are from Sulajan and they say oh your parents are from here you must be Ator right yes (laughs) I wrote that down how do they know he's Ator by him just saying that his parents are from Sulajan yeah god damn it apparently no one's parents are from Sulajan no except except for for him Ator's parents (laughs) okay um, so apparently what's been happening at Sulajan is there's this tribe of bandits who worship this god, this serpent god, and they've been sacrificing people in their village to this serpent god. So they decided to take a breather from their journey to go to this place to save the village. Right. right. When, mm-hmm. when time is of the essence and they've got to get back to Acronis, yeah. Yeah. and Ator even says, we must act quickly, and then he just walks away... Well, they address, they're like, she even, like, Millie, to her credit, even says, we could have saved so much time just, like, saying fuck off to these people and just going on our own. Yeah. But Atro's like, no, no, we'll be, like, way under time on the movie runtime, so we can even... It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah so we've got we to gotta pad this out some yeah. more. Yeah, so they go to Sulajin. Yeah, and it's here that he approaches all the villagers, he gathers them all together, and he says, hey, guys, we can all unite if we work together as a team against these bandits. And I'm thinking, okay... Cool. I mean, the seven samurai trope is a little overdone, but we're going with this. But to the movie's credit, it puts a spin on that, which we'll get to. But we should say that Thong has noticed that there are these two characters in the village who are acting kind of shady, and he goes in, he follows them and realizes that their actual village elder has been tied up and gagged and, I guess, poisoned. Yeah, yeah, by so the by the elder who greets the them. The stand-in elder, yeah. yeah. And yep. he and he and so this the stand-in elder betrays Ator. He poisons him with uh, I guess Iocane. I'd bet my life on it. And <laughs> that's what <laughs> makes him woozy and then they co- recover and they're tied to these big posts. And that's when the enemy bandits come in. Right? Led by Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> right? I wish it had been Danny I, I, Trejo. He may have been this movie. So mad. Know. It wasn't him. He's in every movie. But it sure movies. looked like him. Yeah. 
No, they're tied to these pillars. The bandits ransacked the village. So their original agreement was to give them Ator in exchange for being left alone. Correct. Obviously, these untrustworthy bandits are untrustworthy, so <laughs> they just slaughter everyone for the longest time. Oh, my God. Time. This scene goes on so long. It way does. too long. So it, long. It drags up for so long. The bandits, they, they betrayed them. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked them, and I don't care anymore. And <laughs> Zor shows up. They now have Mila and Ator now tied up in this chamber, the sacrificial chamber. Thong is still loose. He hasn't been captured by them. And mm-hmm. Zor shows up. This is his first time actually meeting Ator face to face. Correct. And this is where, like where he caresses his chest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey guys, mm-hmm. I brought you these virgins for sacrifice. Just give me Ator and Mila. And they're like, no. And he's like, well, it's okay. These are just offerings. You can keep them. Just kill them. And they're like, yeah, we're going to sacrifice these bitches. And I was like, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, so Zor just like leaves. No. Right. He just leaves for them to get sacrificed to the serpent god. He's like, yeah, he, he, he goes up to Zor and Mila and is like, well, I tried. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, off he goes. They've only fooled Bye, all my plans up to now. You know, I, I trust you guys got this without my supervision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So they, Was they, this the scene where he where Ator told Zor, we will meet again? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. I did like that. Yeah. yeah that was cool. Because Zor's doing his... His Bond villain monologuing, right? And then, and then uh, Ator's like, I, uh, "I got three words for you. We'll meet again." Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, it's cool. badass, nice. And then we get the sacrifice scene, dear lord, with these oh, five, so presumably well, yeah, virgins. Yeah, so they're sacrificing let's these people up. to their serpent lord yeah, that they worship. So we have this chamber, and there's like this big pit. Yeah. Uh, think like Return of the Jedi Rancor sort of thing, where they, mm-hmm. like these women are just pushed in one at a time. But mm-hmm. the weird thing is, the first one who gets pushed in, they throw a, a separate snake in there with her. Yes. Why? No idea. There are snakes in the pit already. Then they throw one in. One in particular. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, but we don't know that that one's in there. Right, yeah. we don't know. We just all we see are like these two snakes that are on one side. Right. Of the pit, and then they drop a girl down, and she scrambles into a corner. And covers her face. And covers her face, and then we cut back up to the main chamber. We hear her scream, and, they push and then in. they throw another one in. Rinse, repeat. It's the <laughs> same thing. She Five lands, times. looks at the snake, backs into the corner, covers her face, cut back to the main chamber, scream, all right, throw another one in. Same thing. Five virgins. Yeah, they throw it in just. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, points to props department because you see these white skulls in there and they're all the exact same because they have the same indentions. They have the same markings. Yeah. They're the exact same bleached white skulls. Yep. yep. Which made me laugh. <laughs> it, and it gets weird because they sacrifice all five of these not, you know, nobody women. And then they're about to throw Mila in there and they're like, okay. You, we're going to sacrifice the great Mila. Wait, actually, first this guy. And they just like push this guy up from the back in front of her. It's like, okay. okay. All the meanwhile, Thong is untying Ator from behind a column. The fight ensues because Ator is now free. But in the midst of it, Ator and Mila are both knocked into the snake pit. Right. And then we see it. And <laughs> we then him. we find out what happened because... Yeah, we- 
Because every time they've knocked someone into the pit and it cuts away, they scream. The next person goes into the pit. The first person's nowhere to be found. Yes. So the, whoever the previous person was in the pit has just disappeared. We have no idea what's happened to them. We know it hasn't been the two snakes that are already in the pit because they're still sitting in the same exact spot doing jack shit. They're just like, oh, God damn it. They threw another one down here. Leave me alone. Right. And the bodies are gone. And the bodies are gone. Yeah. So then we just find out. That it's a puppet! <laughs> it's a puppet! It's a huge snake puppet. So and it, it is the, it is the, the serpent snake. lord that they've been praying to is a gigantic snake, but it is so obviously a puppet. <laughs> it just, it, you just and it's, it's amazing. You just see its head pop out from behind the corner. Oh yeah, come God. around from behind, and it's like just this big like, lump oh. of fabric. It's, like, it's, it's not. Like, there are no scales. There, it's not slimy. It's a huge, like furry, plushy. It's, it's like a big puppet. piece of fabric that they have like a PVC pipe oh supporting it. They're just like yeah. it from behind the corner. It is the best. <laughs> yeah, then, and it's and like then, well, they're they're using the pipe to push its body right. through the hallway it, while there's right. a giant string attached to the head being pulled right. away from and the and puppet. it winds like, itself. It winds then, itself yeah. around. A tour, and then he oh, it does not wind well, itself around I mean, a tour. Somebody yes. from yeah. off camera throws it at him. <laughs> he grabs it and then wraps himself yes. in it, and then just holds on like while he just like jimmies back and forth. Right, <laughs> and then when it dies, yes, I was like, like oh, did he just? This is. He killed it by strangling This is it. the oh, octopus fight from Ed Wood yes, level yes, yes. puppetry going on here. But yeah, you, you, know, you, 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 I wrote this down. You can't. I didn't know until the second time I watched this to see how he actually killed the damn thing because I, I thought the same thing. He actually pulls like a, a jagged rock off the floor and then just bludgeons it. Yeah, but you can't see because it's just. A but you shot. can't see it because okay. it gets very dark in that pit. All right. But well, this was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yes, it was my and favorite. And I think they were trying to use that whole light versus shadows thing to make the, the snake more creepy. <laughs> no. But no, you just can't see anything. It was adorable. You cannot see anything. Can we, hey, can we take a quick minute and like name the snake? Because I feel like it deserves a name. Sherman. Adina, you take it. Because like you know the Sherman. name of every single person, animal, Sherman. child, baby His thing. His name is Sherman. Sherman? <laughs> Sherman? Sherman the snake. Sherman. Sherman snake. Shermy. Sherman. Shermy. 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 We're progressing to nickname territory. I love this. Squirmy okay. Shermy. Yeah. Right? Thank nice. you. So they snake. They snake. They escape the snake S- pit. <laughs> Stay snake. <laughs> hey. <laughs> they escape. They escape the snake pit. And they get. They finally get to the castle. And they're not really sure how to get in because they can't get to the main gate. I know this is your favorite part of Dino. We'll oh get to it once This, oh this was guess. the moment I was talking about earlier yeah. when we were like, what time period is yeah. this? Oh well, there's another moment that because, makes it even more. Because all of a sudden we're in Ever After. Ugh, let's set this up. Yeah, you know. yeah. So they can't figure out how to get to the main gate. There's apparently a, a, apparently a hidden route behind the castle, but they can't figure out how to get in. But then Ator gets an idea. All and right. Thong knows what's happening. Thong's, Thong has he knows exactly what Ator is up to. Yeah, and so uh, he, he does because she says like, "Well, he must have some kind of crazy plan." And Thong just nods his head like, "Yeah, it is crazy. It is very crazy." Uh, we were definitely caught off guard by this. I was too. Yeah. So the idea is that Ator has this crazy plan to distract the guards while they sneak into the secret entrance. Right. And his plan is... It's a hang glider! <laughs> oh, 
And we're not talking like Da Vinci era, no. like first attempt at building a hang glider. We're talking straight up 1984, bought it at the sporting yep. goods store down the street. It was, hang glider. We were totally in Hudson Hawk. Not ever after I was mistaken. This was reminding me of uh, your Hunter from the Future. Because he but does that was like that Da Vinci's yeah, right. design, yes. which has been used in yes. the Assassin's Creed yeah. games. So, in, but this was a... This was a da Vinci's Demons. It, this like, was no. a fucking this hang glider. This was fucking like R-E-I. vinyl <laughs> hang glider that came from Dick Sporting Goods. Yep. And y'all, they yeah. were so proud of this hang glider. They were so proud of it. Because this sequence of him flying on this hang glider lasts for five fucking minutes. Yep. Did you time it? Did Before you time even getting... No, I didn't time it. But that's what it no. felt like. No, yeah. no, it, it, no it, but it is easily like a minute and a half no. of just him hang gliding. I think it's longer than it's that. It's longer. This is the part... But, like, well, no, no. Wait. Before he even gets to the castle. And, and I, oh, I, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, and then, yeah, and then they get to the castle and we because see... Because in between, you have when the, where they're, uh, Thong and Mila are going down the secret path. Thong stops her and points up, and then she looks up and gets this look of like, oh, "Is that's that's a tour? He's flying. He's flying!" And like they've never seen a hang glider before. And it takes her what the fuck to, is this sorcery? It, it takes her ages to actually recognize him because she just like looks up and then like he's suddenly there. But this is after he's been flying for about seven minutes. <laughs> Well, it's not seven minutes. It no, like I'm, it. It, no. That's why I said it felt like the whole sequence is like five minutes long. Right. It's it is at least two minutes before he even sees the castle, and then there's at least another minute of him f- just flying around the castle because we show him in the hang glider doing his thing, and then we cut to images of like what is obviously a plane flying over the right. castle, and it's not the same castle. It's not the same castle? <laughs> I'm timing this fucker right now. It is not the same That's castle? Fine. It is not it the is... same castle? Nope. And I, I saw this in the random trivia about it, is that there is a flagpole on top of the castle, and there's a, a for 1984, a Bavarian flag on the flagpole. Yeah. And right, so this scene I think was I'm just so they flying. could <laughs> they He's could still flying, so guys. we could see the majestic scenery. So that's yeah, because during this entire sequence is this soaring like the music. music. There, this big oh, and the angels sang on high, cheesy synthesized bullshit. Uh, that is supposed to be like this this swelling music of like, oh, the grandeur of flying through the air. And it's loud and annoying 80s synthesized bullshit is what it is, but it just goes on and on. With a few cutbacks to just his reaction from inside, the, or rather a few reaction cutbacks to him on the glider just look, looking down. On just the looking down. Below. Yeah. He's now, just looking down. I just looked it up. Who wants to guess how long it takes from the time he takes off to when he actually lands the glider. When he lands on the... When it looks like he's crash landing into a bunch of trees mm-hmm. yeah. and magically he's on top on of the top castle. On top of the castle. So I'm how- going to say 425. Okay. Zip. I think that's a, that's a good uh, guess. Somewhere in there. Five minutes <gasps> and 40 seconds. You were right. So, okay. You were right. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. So think about that, folks. Five minutes. <laughs> this is an hour and a half long movie. <laughs> Five mm-hmm. fucking minutes of screen time is just devoted to no dialogue whatsoever. No, of just him silence. flying on a hang glider. Yep. Basically silence of him just flying on a hang glider and landing. Uh-huh. 
mean, he's been throwing some bombs at the castle at some soldiers. That's the only reason they keep it somewhat engaged. Yeah, he pulls out. So where the hell are these firebombs coming from? No idea. They're like these little wicker, the, these little wicker basket things. That he just has. That he just has. That he is seemingly pulling them from the sides of the hang glider. He all of a sudden, he's... Ten minutes it took him to make the hang glider. All of a sudden, of which yes, he's he is strapped, now. Of which he is strapped into the hang glider by a, stra- a safety yeah. harness yeah. that is obviously from 1984. Yeah, yeah how, but when he gets out of it, that? that harness is gone. That tie well, because it's gone. already on, because it's already landed. We never see him actually right. making touchdown on the castle. We just cut to a shot of the hang glider behind him right. and him walking away from it as if he just came from yeah. it. Here's what I correct about that. I think it should have been Mila who invented the the bombs for him to throw. Like, hey, absolutely, with you. That would have made sense. It would give yeah. it her purpose, and it actually would have come full circle with her, and her with her exactly. knowledge of chemistry earlier. Oh, yeah. we'll prove your her uh, yeah, prove your uh, confidence, Acronis's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she does it through science. Yeah. Here's another yep. way for her to use her science. Yep. But, yeah, so he lands anyway. at the castle a fortnight later, and uh, the, <laughs> he battles a bunch of soldiers from inside the gates. He takes them all out easy. And then it just goes straight to these, like, catacombs areas, like, mm-hmm. where apparently the where apparently Zora has just deduced that Acronis must have the geometric, whatever the fuck, MacGuffin. Nucleus. Somewhere in this area. Mm-hmm. And so... Atro runs in, and that's where we have our fight between the two. Yep. So it's actually a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, it. it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have the I can't believe you fell for the oldest trick in the book moment. <laughs> right in the when beginning. He, yeah, because Ator's got two swords. Zor only has one, and right. he's like, "Oh, the great and mighty Ator needs two swords to fight, huh?" So Ator's like, "Okay." So he throws a sword down, and Zor runs over and grabs it. He's like, "Ha ha, sucker!" <laughs> <laughs> now I've got two swords. <laughs> It was like, nice. I like that. Yeah. Because that's exactly the kind of bullshit move that Zor would do. Exactly. Because Which I appreciate he actually has for. a defined character. Exactly. It made sense. Yes. So Ator finally wins. He is about to kill Zor when suddenly Acronis says, no, don't. It, it wouldn't be cool, man. And so <laughs> he, he stops. Yeah. He starts to walk away. He does, he does like this very like sultry walk. He away looked like he, yeah, was, he, he, he was walking the runway. I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, Acronis explains to him basically, look, if you kill him, you're no better than him. Right. Leave him for Except, the... Not really, though. Because no, he I hasn't agree. killed anybody I agree. yet in this movie. Right. No. Um, yeah, because that's the thing is that it's implied. It's always implied that Zor is a ruthless, you know, killer. Right. But we but never, we see never actually see him kill a single person. No, we do not. Never. We no. see we see Ator kill all sorts of dudes. Yeah. We, we never see Zor kill anybody. Right. So, but that's what he said. Yeah, basically, it's like you, if you don't kill him, or if you kill him, you sink to his level. Let's let the. You know, the high courts or whatever rule over and decide his fate, which whoever the hell that is, because nothing else about this entire Apparently universe they don't give a is fuck explained. About situation. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, do, he does a sexy walk away from, <laughs> from Zor. Oh, yeah, that's the catwalk strut. Yep. Of course, of course, Zor gets up and tries to strike, and then, and then he's and then slain thong. by Thong. Yay, yeah. Thong. Yeah, thong shows up. Thong's a, we actually knife talked in about the back. Thong in this movie. I love this character. I love Fong. Fong was great. Yeah. I don't understand why he had to be mute. I don't either. I, I think they never explain why he doesn't talk. I don't know. I thought it was kind of like, I, I actually. But I really liked him. I yeah. think it worked to his advantage because I think that yeah. this movie didn't really have a comedic relief character. Yeah. And I think that if he 
talked, I feel like that'd be more. I, I don't. I don't think he could contribute much. Well, and Thong's not really comedic relief, no, but, but I mean, his facial expressions are priceless. And he had a he's very. About he him. has all these little moments, like yeah. he knows everything that's going on, and he understands everything without having to speak a word. And that's the thing. That's why I that makes him very thing. interesting. That yeah, makes, they earned the mute. Thing. I, 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 I okay, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, I like the. I love the character. He's probably my favorite in the movie. Zor then the next day or whatever the fuck this happens, he's saying goodbye because he's been given the nucleus to take away somewhere it's too much power to be left you know in the hands of the people he's it's been left in obviously um you know invest some fucking security at cronus but yeah he says, so he wants him to get rid of it yeah because no no one sh- it should not be in anyone's hands until they figure out how to actually use it and then use it for good Just maybe bury it in the backyard yeah yeah but zora says goodbye to mila and he's like, you know, look, we can't be together because I got this thing, you know. It's because I'm, yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah, so he's got to go off and do this thing, but he leaves Thong there with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're totally gonna hook up. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then we get our outro narration again in the style of Conan to a nuclear explosion. Yeah, and it's not and it's not subtle at all. It is an immediate it is just an immediate he's like, all right, you know, I'm leaving you here, Thong, stay here and watch after her. And he walks off screen and Thong just looks after him like, Yeah, I will. And then immediately cut to what looks like a sunrise and the narration kicks in again saying that he you know he's going to go destroy this thing or or get rid of it so no one can use it because whatever and you so slowly realize that what you thought was a sunset is actually footage of a a nuclear bomb which is going off set up for a great joke they could be like do you think we could trust him with it and then it cuts to <laughs> yeah mushroom cloud <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep after fucked up yeah uh, yeah he destroyed the earth but that's but basically, yeah. But but the narration tries to throw away some uh, some bullshit explanation. Maybe in the future, people will be more civilized and know better than to play with this kind of power. Guess not. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Let's just throw the environmental message at the very end. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Nuclear so, explosion. The end. The end. And that's the end of the movie. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll get back with some trivia. <laughs> back so what did you dig up on this one adina you oh my notes. gosh the director did you guys look this guy up mm. no i just uh, now this is the same one that that o'keefe had like a contract to do so many movies with him right yeah so this guy uh, was in this movie as david hills okay his actual name is joe diamato diamato right okay he did hundreds of films producer, director, and I'm not going to read all the names that he went under, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, at almost 20 names that he went under. And I'm sure they're all low-budget disasters. There, I mean, and Andrea, some were women. He, he went w- under Anna Bergman. He went under um, Alexander Bosley, Robert Yip, Chang Lee Sun, and... He did a ton of porn, y'all. And apparently the film was shot in two weeks with no script, which that is not surprising. Is not surprising. This guy, I looked this guy up and I was like, holy shit. He did so many movies and he did them under so many different names. <laughs> uh, another impressive person in this movie was actually Lisa Foster, who played uh, Mila. Mila, Mila yeah. Because she's 
crazy into like visual effects now. She does a ton of movies. Oh, I didn't know that. I was oh, very, yeah. yeah. She's, there's she's there's got some very, big names on there. Yeah, yeah. she has. Yeah. Uh, and she's and still also, acting, is, too, right? Isn't she? I don't think so. No, oh. no. She, she, got into, um, she got into the special effects as well as producing and directing. She now does like children's television. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. She's still working. Additionally, David Brandon, who was Zor, is a voice in an upcoming film on our list. Oh, God. Oh, really? We'll get to that eventually. Delightful. Mm -hmm. And Miles O'Keefe is still acting. Yes, he is. (laughs) Moving along to best line, worst line. I'll go ahead on this one. Yeah, you do. Okay, Okay, so this is when they're tied to the pillars in that scene where they're, you know, with the bandits when they've attacked. And amidst all the slaughtering of all these villagers, this one guy rides up and, like, he... He rides up to where Ator and Miller are tied up, and he goes, Hey, here you are, eh? Hey, hey, we got Ator! <laughs> and then just rides off. No purpose to it. It made me legitimately laugh. That, oh, this is your best line? Best yeah, that was line. Best yeah line. this is... Uh, so my best line is along the same lines. It's not because it's a good line, but it just made, my, made me laugh my ass off. Yeah. Um, is at the end, when he's saying goodbye, when Ator is saying goodbye to Mila... Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I got to go do this stuff. I can't stay here with you. But, uh, you know, once I'm done, uh, and then he says, will you wait for me? And her response is yes. But it's the way she says it because she's like looking down at the ground and kicking dirt like, eh, you're going to go off and leave me, whatever. And she's like, will you wait for me? And she's like, yes. <laughs> like, can you feel the love tonight? No, no. She's so dismissive. Of it. Will you wait for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. I do know what you get. Zor um, is asking Acronis what he can offer him, and Acronis says, "I'm afraid all I have to offer you is my contempt." That's a pretty good line. So. I like yeah. that one. My worst line was after Sandor fails, and yeah. he's talking to uh, Zor as well as Acronis, and he's about to be put to death, and then they say, no, you know, look, I'm gonna, fine, I'll give you another chance. Zor says to him that he's going to put him in the stocks, basically just like lock him up, and he says to him, you can use your time to come up with something new, and it better be good, Sandor, if you want to regain my esteem, and I think you know how important is my esteem. <laughs> yeah. It's just awkward. That was oh my a, God. Yeah, that was There's a weird some one. terrible lines in this. There movie. are some terrible lines. It's terrible. Uh, my worst line was when Zor was talking to the serpent lord guy and offering me. He was like, "Hey, I brought you this offering," and they bring in the five women. Uh, and the serpent lord guy is like, "Oh, well, I appreciate you giving me these things, but I'm not giving you him or her in exchange." And Zor's response in a very stuttering, like, I'm trying to think of something to say off the cuff that's witty, says, I used the word offering precisely because I didn't expect anything in exchange from you. And I'm like, I used the word offering, and here's its definition. (laughs) So that's why it doesn't surprise me that there wasn't a script because yeah, some writing. of this is just like, I'm coming up with this stuff as I say yeah. it. So here's, here's where my <laughs> worst line comes in. And I think Acronis says it. 
Oh my god. Life goes on, repeating, for the rest of life, unfortunately. That's rough. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's terrible. But yeah, there was so much terrible writing in this movie. Well, and clearly, it wasn't written. So, it was just made up. What's going to make us drink in this game? So, we have this theme throughout the movie that you hear, this constant theme, this musical danger riff they play throughout every single action scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. You just hear it repeated. You know the one. Every time that happens. You know, I'll play a clip of it. <laughs> Every time that plays, take a swig. I'm down with that. Okay. Um, Any of you guys would add? I, I think you should just drink every time Zor makes it on screen. Because <laughs> it's consistent enough and you won't die, I think, when he's there. Yeah. Because he's so snidely whiplash, whiplash like twirling his he mustache all the time. He does twirl the, the mustache, yeah. So I, maybe just every time you feel like that's coming... A, yeah. a mustache turning twirling yeah. thing. That's yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. And then I would uh I would say um every time uh Thong makes a facial animation of some kind. Yes. So like yeah. a knowing glance yes. or nod in knowingly, you know. Yeah. Like mm, mm. one of those. Because they're they're not in there a lot, but when it happens it's like he's the man. Yep. <laughs> he's awesome. What did they do right in this movie? Not a lot. Mm-mm. I'd say the villain. Again, we touched on that earlier. Yep. Like, I think the, the yeah. design of the character itself, his motivations, his idiosyncrasies are very unique to this kind of movie. I mm-hmm. feel like they could easily just make him like, I'm bad for the sake of being bad and leave it at that. But oh, yeah. They, they, they gave him they, a complex. They, they, he, he could have been, he could have gone the more reserved but menacingly evil route he could have gone the more goofishly over-the-top evil route, but they didn't. He struck that chord that's like right in the middle that get, that left you feeling, you know, it was like, yeah, he's evil, but I see why people kind can like him. Yeah, you I know. liked him a lot. I, I just... I think this it is was the first time in our podcast where we've all unanimously liked a villain. We like the villain. <laughs> we do. We like the villain more than, more anybody, than anybody else. else. Yeah. yeah. Except for Thong. Except for Thong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have an update just on uh, Lisa Foster, who played Mila. Yeah. She worked as a digital artist, so she went the CG route for special effects. Cliffhanger. Oh. Super Mario Brothers, Coneheads, Brain Scan, Wolf, the one with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, I like that movie. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Virtuosity, the Denzel Washington movie. She did uh, work on James and the Giant Peach. The Cable Guy. And then she switched over to CG in video games and did Parasite Eve, which is, I think is one of the most criminally underrated video games ever. That game is amazing. Um, the Evil Dead Hail to the King <laughs> video game. You're right on. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Uh, and then went on to be a systems producer for the Lego Universe game. Yeah. She's badass. She's so she, we so, like her. Yeah. So she sort of phased out of acting 
around the late 90s. And then that's what she mainly focused on. You go, Lise Foster. And so it says she's currently working on a 3D animated series, The Saurus Rex, aimed at encouraging and challenging visual and vocabulary concepts in preschoolers. Right on. So there you go. Yeah. Preschoolers. Yay. I like it. Uh, Dina, do you say what what you gave for this movie as far as what they did right? Uh, Zor. (laughs) Yeah. Thong. Zip. It is time. For the flaming cinematic turd meter. Uh, oh, God. Here's the thing. <laughs> this movie is just weird. It's more weird than anything else. It's not a gladiator movie <laughs> or barbarian. It's, it's trying to rip off Conan the Barbarian. It doesn't do that well at all. The fights, some are okay, some are... Eh. Um, the fight with the Invisible Swordsman was kind of okay. The hang glider. The hang glider. What the fuck? It just comes out of nowhere. And then lasts for five minutes. Um, Let me ask you a quick question, sidebar, on the the action scenes in this movie. Uh, In ATOR 3, assuming that they do this, if they were to have like a similar flashback to the previous one, do you think that there are scenes good enough to be as interesting to us out of context in ATOR 3 if we were just going into that blind from this movie? I don't know if there are. Because, uh, like I said, the... The flashbacks to the first movie that we saw in the first, like, eight to ten minutes of this movie, they picked just the right clips that made me interested. That, I mean, like, you know, so they were mostly just short clips, but I'm like, oh, that looks, oh, what was going on there? Right. Oh, wow, there's some ass being kicked. And he fought a giant spider? I am totally in. You know? <laughs> This, I don't know. If they tried to include a clip of the giant snake, I'd be like, what the fuck was that? Maybe the fight between Ator and Zor? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if you pull, but apart from. Samurai battle would have been kind of cool. That's the thing, though, is that there's way more dialogue scenes than there is action in this movie. So that's sort of where I think they, they hit their downfall is. It just focuses way too much on the dialogue and not enough we need to get in there and kick ass kind of thing. So anyway, um, so not a whole lot they got right. Not not so good. Not the worst movie we've seen by far, though. It's maddening, but for completely different reasons. I had fun with this one. I I was okay until about halfway through, and then I'm like, why are they still talking? Nothing's happening. I had a really hard time watching this one. And the dialogue is so, and that's what, you know, the dialogue is so rough, especially in those scenes between Zor and Acronis. It's just, oh, it, it got to the point of tedium. Yeah. And then something seemingly cool would happen, but then it wouldn't be that cool. Right. So... Uh, I'm not in a rush to see this one again. I wouldn't mind checking out the first one just to see if it actually was better than this one. But, eh, whatever. I'm going three. And there you have it. No! And Why do you keep no. skipping hobo in a barn? Because <laughs> usually you throw it in like, the middle of the review. Usually you tell us when we get to them. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> well, I I was torn. Because the, fir- the elder, I liked his acting. Not right. not the sick one, but the one who was a dick. I liked his acting. And, of course, I w- kind of wanted to nominate the puppet because <laughs> I loved the <laughs> snake. And based on Prince of Space, since I 
he that was kind of a puppet. Um, but I'm gonna I've got to go with Thong. Yeah, yeah, I got to go with Thong. I mean, he was in the movie quite a bit, but not as much as I think he should have been. Agreed. Um, but uh, I got to go with Thong. He's my hobo in a barn. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, this has been another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time. Uh-oh. What is it? Baby geniuses. No. no. Oh, I hate our podcast. <laughs>